today on Ag News Daily. Basically, what Vesteron is doing is is bringing a new class of chemistry to crop protection uh, in the form of these these different active ingredients, and try to bring these peptides as softer, more sustainable alternatives. Welcome back to the Ag News Daily podcast. This episode is brought to you by Vesteron, your game changer and revolutionary insecticide. Visit vestaron.com today. Well, welcome back to the podcast, Tanner. He's going to run with headlines today by myself, get you some of the latest news that we can put together and uh, lead you into another good conversation that Delaney and I had. Starting off with the weather in the west, the 6-10 to day forecast shows a stretch from California to the southern Rockies being covered in isolated showers. Meanwhile, hot and dry weather prevails for much of the northwest area of the United States. The plains is mostly dry and a rapid pace of storm development still in a potential for the panhandles of Texas and Oklahoma. In the Corn Belt, we still have some hazy conditions from Canadian wildfires. Any showers that uh, do show up would be pop-up in nature, so we'll continue to keep an eye on the weather. However, when you look at the maps right now that are following drought, Ohio sticks out. Ohio has now mostly turned yellow as temperatures continue to soar. Last week, farmers saw very little precipitation and temperatures were high in the Buckeye State, six degrees above the normal temperatures. Last Thursday, the U.S. Drought Monitor indicated a surge of abnormally dry conditions. Now 74% of the state is closer to a higher rating of drought conditions. Monday's crop progress report put the soil conditions at 30% very short, 46% short, and only a quarter at adequate. Subsoil moisture conditions were related to be following in the same area. turns out it's been one of the driest springs that farmers have been a part of in that area. Corn progress is still continuing to be well ahead of the five-year average in Ohio and soybean planting the same side of things, but we will continue to watch to see how parts of the Corn Belt seem to just be drying up just want to remind our listeners for a strong defense against LEPs, you need a game changer. Spear RC is Vestron's revolutionary insecticide for high value crops. Visit V-E-S-T-A-R-O-N.com today. Other farmers are continuing to provide their feedback. The Purdue's Ag Barometer report came out. Sentiment fell to its weakest reading since July of 2022. The group's Ag Economy Barometer Index declined by 19 points, or 15.4%, to a reading of 104 in May. The index provides future expectations of a declining 22 points, or 18%, while the index of current conditions fell 13 points. Crop price weakening and crop conditions is probably what led to most of the sentiment decline. The Farm Financial Performance Index plunged 17 points, nearly 18%. Falling commodity prices were a key factor behind the decline as 38% of the respondents said a weaker financial performance on their farm this year compared to last year is what is driving that factor. Expectations for continued higher interest rates also weighing heavy on producers' minds that took the survey. Nearly 59% of the respondents say they still expect rates to continue to rise for this year. 
40% of the farmers said in this monthly poll they expect more U.S. bank failures to lead to additional changes in farm loan standards, which causes a little bit of concern. The May survey said crop insurance will be the most important aspect of the new farm bill. Coming in was uh, the foreign trade relations. 25% of respondents said that Congress needs to raise the PLC reference prices for both crops as far as the planning and progress goes for that monitoring. When we look at the world news on agriculture side of things, Vaccines against African swine fever are now being tested in Vietnam. They are getting closer to approval. Global and U.S. veterinary officials are stating that this would be a major breakthrough to tackle the deadly animal disease that regularly ravages pigs across the world. African swine fever has for years disrupted the $250 billion global pork market. The worst outbreak was in 2018 and 19 through uh, population of pigs dying in China. And those current losses for total since swine fever has broke loose has been over $100 billion. After decades of failed attempts to put together a vaccine due to the complexity of the virus, two vaccines co-developed by U.S. scientists are being tested in large pilot schemes by Vietnamese companies and are showing very promising results. We have been very close to getting a vaccine that might work, noting that two shots will probably provide the highest chance of success. U.S. Secretary Tom Vilsack said there is likely to be interest in precautionary purchases in the United States, but a large step forward in Vietnam will be a big win. But when you bring the global news back stateside, we might have some extra concern. But don't forget, for a strong defense against LEPs, you need a game changer. Spear RC is Vestron's revolutionary insecticide for high-value crops. Visit vestaron.com today. The Federal Bureau of Investigation says the ag industry is facing several national security threats and a fallout could be catastrophic. Eugene Cowell, special agent in charge of the Omaha FBI field office, said we're worried about the threat from cyber criminals hacking, hacking into or hijacking our farming operations, our agriculture operations, our food processing facilities, and halting the nation's supply. Speaking with reporters during the FBI's Ag Threats Symposium, uh, he stated that countries like China, Russia, and North Korea as well as Iran, can steal data from the cloud gathered from farms and ag businesses. They can use that technology in their own farming operation, but then they can also manipulate the market. They stand to start impacting how we farm without us realizing it. it says there's a whole host of national security issues that farmers need to take note of. I've got some headlines coming out of Russia. Ukrainian officials say that Russian airstrikes killed one person in Kyrgyzstan. Uh, that happened while the southern region of Ukraine continues to reel from the flooding the, due to the collapse of the major dam. Thousands of people have been evacuated due to that collapse. And there's fears of a large ecological catastrophe after the uh, Nova Dam and hydroelectric power plant had collapsed. Both Kiev and Moscow are still blaming each other for the breach, which occurred in the occupied territory of Russia. The cause remains unclear, 
as uh, analysts continue to see what really happened. Ukrainian troops witnessed Russian soldiers being swept away by floodwaters as they were fleeing the east bank of the river after the dam's collapse. An officer from the Ukraine, Ukrainian army said that many Russian troops were killed and wounded due to the chaos there. Bakhmut continues to be a sector of hostility even though the dam is, dam is going on and potential breach of an offensive from Ukrainian officials was picked up by U.S. counterintelligence combined with European counterintelligence that there may be in effect a siege put on the Nord Stream pipeline again to hinder what Russia has going on. So that's your updates from overseas. The last story that I have before getting into markets today is a farmer's nightmare in a battle against the government. A government flooded twice. Richie Develier's 900-acre farm and home put it under several feet of water, which ended up killing his cattle and creating an emotional hell and roller coaster for his family. And they're insisting the government is insisting that he pays the entire bill with a new highway flood wall trapping Delavere's land within a figurative bathtub. It erased several generations of farming progress due to a flood in 2017 and in 2019. State officials state that they have washed their hands of the Texas farmer and refused to pay damages. In 2020, Delavere sued for compensation under the Fifth Amendment, but he was told he had no legal grounds to seek compensation. His case is now pending at the Supreme Court. The case is a stunner. No one in the courts or bureaucracy calls Delavere a liar or contests the basic facts. Instead, the state is saying that citizens cannot seek compensation under the Fifth Amendment unless specifically allowed to by Congress. In direct defiance of decades of Supreme Court precedents, the clock is now running. Delavere's operation will flood again with the next catastrophic deluge, and his land will turn back into a bathtub. He is looking to take on the government and change the path in which the Supreme Court uh, rules in the future. Just want to remind you listeners that if you are looking for a strong defense against LEPS, you need a game changer. Spear RC is Vestron's revolutionary insecticide for high-value row crops. Visit vestaron.com today. So as we sit here just ahead of the open, the corn market looks to be uh, opening at 541 for December corn. November soybeans will open at 1187 even. Wheat overnight, December's contract looks to be uh, opening at 6.63 and a half. Live cattle had a strong day and uh, looks to be opening again this morning. The August contract at 175 and a half. June's contract 179.82. The feeder cattle contract for August will be opening this morning at 2.43 and a quarter. September's feeder cattle contract 246 and a half. We'll continue to keep an eye on the rest of the markets. And hogs are are opening today with June contract at 83, 88 and a quarter. August contract 84 and a half. So there is a quick look at where markets are going to open today on June 7th. Time to jump into a conversation that Delaney and I had today. 
Well, folks, we are chatting about a new type of technology. Well, maybe not new for some of our listeners, but new to Tanner and I talking about peptides today on the podcast with Ben Sikora, the Senior Vice President of Sales and Marketing for Vesteron. Ben, I've got to be honest with you. I, I don't know what peptides are. And I think that that might be a good place to start before we dig into the company itself. Tell us a little bit more about sure. peptides and why Vestron is focusing on this specifically. Yeah, no, thank you. Um, yeah, so so peptides are basically small chains of amino acids. Um, basically, what Vestron is doing is is bringing a new class of chemistry to crop protection uh, in the form of these these different active ingredients, um, and we basically uh, target specific proven receptors in the ag insecticide world and try to bring these peptides as softer, more sustainable alternatives um, to, to the market, uh, to producers uh, nationwide. So now let's get into uh, a little bit of background on yourself and the mm -hmm. company as we roll. So go dive into that. Yeah, so, um, you know, I've had uh, a great uh, agricultural career, um, you know, graduated from Ohio State um, with a, an agronomy degree, um, got a master's from North Carolina, spent about uh, nine years with Dow AgroSciences in various roles, and then about five years with Bayer on their environmental science side. Um, and I've been now with Vesteron uh, coming up on five years. Uh, so came to the company as it was just uh, gaining its initial registrations early on. Uh, wasn't a commercial company yet. And we've basically been putting the pieces in place and, and introducing this new technology to growers so far in the specialty markets in the U.S. But as of this year, uh, we are bringing our first row crop product to the market in the Mid-South, um, you know, being able to deliver these peptides to soybean, cotton, rice, peanut growers uh, throughout the, the Mid-South and Southeast. That is super interesting, Ben, and I appreciate you hearing my question about peptides right off the bat. But as you look more into the R&D behind peptides and bringing this new type of way of doing business to more conventional crops, talk to us about the transition. How's that gone from you know, permanent high value specialty crops into more of the conventional crops that we see here in the Midwest? Yeah, so it's, it's you know, for... For startups, it's, it's hard to access a lot of these markets and be able to compete on a kind of a level playing field with a lot of the traditional chemistry that's, that's been in the market. Um, what Vestron's really done over its short lifetime is really develop a process to um, identify these naturally occurring peptides, um, engineer them to where we can manufacture them at scale um, so we, we can have cost parity with synthetics. Uh, but also engineer them in a way that is um, that makes them active, um, so so they truly perform as a one-to-one -one displacement uh, for synthetic for a grower. Um, and what that allows the grower is, you know, no worker exposure issues. We're very soft on on uh, pollinators and, and beneficials in the field, um, and we don't have any residues. So from a from a specialty crop grower, whether it's it's apples in Washington State or almonds in California. Um, we don't, we, we essentially break down into amino acids. Um, so there's no residues. So as growers start looking towards exports or packers are looking to export apples over to Taiwan or, or almonds over to Asia, there's no residues that they have to worry about with this technology. So that's great. I know a lot of our listeners 
are intrigued to always hear stories about specialties crops, but their farms ma mainly focus on corn, soybeans, wheat. Mm -hmm. Is there a look to bring that to more broadic operations as such? Yeah, and that's and that's really where we're starting this year with with our Spear RC product. Um, it is really set up for soybean, cotton growers, uh, rice producers, or, or peanuts, anything really row crop related, kind of in that mid south, southeast, over into Texas, um, you know, up into Missouri, where they have lepidopteran issues that they have to control for. Um, we're, we're a great alternative to their traditional products. We offer the same residual uh, in terms of performance. Um, you know, overall in the U.S., we've been applied to date uh, in our short three-year life on about a half a million acres of, of crop ground, all as a one-to-one -one displacement for synthetics. So, you know, when you look at the world of biologicals, there's been a lot of uh, challenges over the years in terms of, you know, performance expectations, um, and, and other things like that. And, and what we're really trying to show is, listen, these are true uh, opportunities for a grower to shift to a more sustainable uh, application in the field um, and be able to even potentially market their crop at a higher premium because they're starting to reduce the amount of synthetic chemistries that they've used in the, in the process of that production. And Ben, I'm sure there have been countless hours of R&D on some of those acres in the Mid-South, like you mentioned, you're tapping into uh, this growing season. Mm -hmm. Talk to us a little bit about some of the impacts that you've seen on some of the research and growers' farms that you've worked with here as you've led into getting it commercially viable for these operations. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, so uh, fun, funny story to that. So um when we were doing some work just as recently as last year in soybeans, um, they started to see that our, the plant bug populations were reducing in the field, and we don't really have any like immediate impacts on plant bug. Um, so they started looking at some of the trial work, and we're actually preserving a high level of the beneficial population in that field for the grower, and those beneficials were having an immediate impact on keeping the plant bug populations low allowing that grower to push off in an additional follow-on application for plant bug another week. So it really kind of gave us uh, some insight to uh, some additional value that we're bringing to growers um, in, in those specific situations to help uh, manage their beneficial populations in the field. So as you look into the future of your company, what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced so far as with having such a young product in an industry that mm -hmm. might be considered accustomed or not accustomed to change very easily? It's a great question. Uh, actually, I just uh, had a conversation about this earlier today on a, a separate call. Um, you know, one of the, one of the challenges is, is always, you know, new technologies and, and gaining that traction in, in agriculture where it, it is, it can be a little slower to, to adopt on, you know, new technologies or, or things like that in, in the market. What we're finding is because we are performing in line and the amount of consumer pressure uh, in various areas of the country, uh, beginning to drive decisions at the farm a little bit more, um, you find those progressive growers that are out there that want to try new things, want to be at the forefront of technology, know that the market's going to evolve over the next, you know, five to seven years. Um, those are the growers that we're, we're really focused on starting with 
and, and trying to educate that that group of growers. And then over time, as kind of the rest of the population begins to to migrate this way, it's going to be much easier for those growers to talk to their friends and, and kind of get that word out. So it's very much kind of a groundswell uh, type of strategy right now uh, with those progressive growers. Uh, but it's worked well in our, our specialty crops, and we're already seeing the early excitement, um, you know, in the Mid-South with uh, the pending launch of that this year. Uh, so I think, you know, we're, we're very bullish on the future. Um, you know, our, our pipeline really includes everything from insecticides to fungicides to bactericides. Uh, so our R&D teams, you know, working diligently to build out a portfolio of these these peptide versions of um, or peptides for crop protection um, in multiple facets. So Ben, talk to us about the crop protection products that will be available this growing season for those growers down in the Mid-South region. And secondary mm-hmm. question to that is application is just all spray or is there any sort of um, other application use for these as well? Yeah, so uh, Spear RC will be our, our initial launch in the Mid-South this year. Um, it is our kind of our flagship peptide AI that's that's been registered. It is a novel uh, IRAC group number, so it's a, it's a novel mode of action for growers to utilize in, in rotation. Um, again, there, there's nothing special the growers have to do to um, work our product in versus a, an, another active that they may have been using for the past five years. Um, we're just as effective through a plane as we are through a ground rig. Um, and, and there's, um, you know, when it comes to worker protection, there's four-hour re-entry interval, zero-day pre-harvest interval, uh, and again, no residues. So very, very easy one-to-one displacement for the grower. So as our listeners now have just learned about what you guys have to offer, what's the best way for them to get a hold of the product themselves? Yeah, so we work uh, through our traditional uh, retail channel. Um, so we work uh, with Nutrien, um, Wilbur Ellis, Helena, as well as a handful of regional independents. Um, that's the best way to get a hold of it. Otherwise, um, you know, we have a, our sales team out in force and um, we have a strategic account manager that works specifically with, with large growers, um, kind of in a one-on-one setting um, to, to get them accustomed to the technology and how it fits into their operation. Um, but those are the ways that we, we basically come to market. Ben, we appreciate you spending time with us today. Listeners, if you want to learn about the game changing and revolutionary insecticide, visit Vestron.com today, V E S T A R O N.com. Thanks again, Ben. Yeah. Thank you. Listeners, thanks for hanging out with us and enjoying the conversation today. We'll both be back again tomorrow, so don't go too far. Check us out on social media for the latest updates. But for today, we're going to let you go.